You're tuning in to Pastar Prime, a show powered by Squad Locker. Here are your hosts, retired Astros minor league star Tip Fairchild and former Patriots All-Pro Center Dan Copen. Thirty-three, past mm-hmm. our prime. Uh, Do you say send it? Send it. Like that's like the the thing, like the skier thing, and like the snowboarder thing. Like send it. I don't know what you're sending. <laughs> no, I don't know either. <laughs> no, idea. no. I, so yes, to answer your question, no, I don't say send it. Do you say that, Max? Max is Max is got a pretty cool jersey right now. I don't. He's going old school. What Max is doing right now? He's wearing a zip up. Baseball jersey. I don't, and it's just lying around. But just lying. Around. <laughs> I went to the gym before this, and it was in the back of the car. It's a number twenty from the Phillies, Mike Schmidt. Yeah, yeah. Throwback or just fake? It's a uh, a fake throwback. Actually, okay. it's one of those knockoff ones that. Okay. He likes jerseys. Max. So I maybe, heard an maybe we should start taking pictures of Max's jersey. I think we should because he's getting aggressive day. with his uh, shirt game. Um, I heard an interesting stat today. Yesterday, the other day, I was in Chicago for a few days uh, at a wedding. Um, I went to White Sox game. Did you get noticed? Oh, we had primers <laughs> everywhere at the wedding. We had people coming up to us. Like, Mia were like, hey, listen to the pod. Great pod. Great pod. Can I get a picture? Our, no, uh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Not the picture, but I, we do have people I, I, I that hope, listen because we know that. I hope, yeah, I hope these people are the people you don't know and are just coming up to you because they recognize well, you. But. It's people that you don't talk to all the time that are like, hey, I listen, like, I love it. It's great. Okay. That's fun to hear. That is fun to hear. Yeah, it's really fun to hear. Good. So I did learn when I went to the White Sox game. By the way, that new oh, – I guess it's not new anymore. It's probably 10 years old. The stadium, like, retrofit from the old, like – Kaminsky? Kaminsky? Yeah, that place was dump. But uh, guaranteed rate field is beautiful now. Great, great place. Great place to watch a game. Um, Have you been to Wrigley? Oh, yeah. I have not been. Our friend uh, Ryan Reed, his debut was at Wrigley. I flew out there and saw it. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it was fun. Fun seeing that. Wrigley's cool. Seats are tight. You know, tiny little seats there. They can't be Old tighter than stadium. Fenway, though. No, I mean, those two. Especially are, especially when you get a pole in the way. You know, oh, that's, yeah. That's, that's, that's really how you experience yeah. Fenway. But I will tell you, the White Sox fans go nuts like because they, they're in first place. They're good. It was fun to watch. They had like four home runs, so it was fireworks. I think I, I grabbed like 12 tickets. Who were they playing? We brought some people. Uh, the Astros. Did you make yeah, a call for old, tickets? I didn't make a call. <laughs> no? I almost did. Where and then <laughs> the other thing that I have in my wallet is this American Baseball Coaches uh, – not big coaches. American Baseball Players Association card, so the Players Association. Um, it can use it, and you can show up at the window at Will Call – and if there's player seats available still, you know, home and away, that you get a certain a number of tickets mm-hmm. allotted, um, you can I get, you can use those tickets. They can give you other tickets. Like there's some there's some things there. It doesn't work all the time, but it does. Like it absolutely does work. We have tons of guys in that network that use it. Um, we got there though, and we'll call it was close because we got there in the fourth inning. No. So <laughs> didn't wasn't able to do that. But we were sitting up in the bleeds. Um, there was only, that was the only place I could get nine tickets together. Yeah, but it was beautiful. Beautiful, uh, beautiful stadium. I did learn that the White Sox at one point wore shorts for oh, their uniform. When? <laughs> in like 1910? I think it was like in the 80s. No, it was in like the 80s. 
They wore short. No, wait a minute. In the eighties, they wore shorts. Max, look it up. I the don't, White Sox I actually baseball don't believe, I don't, I shorts don't, I, uniform. I actually don't believe you. So and figure out what year that was. They I wore think. actual shorts, not pants, for the ba- for on the baseball field for their uniform. And uh, I'm uh, by the way, I do love. Look at that. Oh <laughs> Max just pulled up a picture. Black shorts. Is it? Was it just for one game? No, it was for a season. A whole season. Yeah. Look at that. <laughs> what year is that, Max? Does it say? We're going to post a picture. <laughs> That's unbelievable. That's Beer unbelievable. League softball. No Beer kidding. League softball, Chicago White Sox, well, whatever cool. year that is. Max can't find it. So, um, uh, but, but I did learn that, though. It was amazing. To, speak, to speaking of baseball, we have Steve Kent, former pitcher, yep. uh, coming on the program. We today. hope he hasn't approved yet. So, maybe. Never know. We might have to scrub this part, Max. But he. Uh, we're, we're battling through central eastern time zone situations right now, um, which I dealt with the entire time in Chicago. Because Indiana, like we went to it's, Indiana where yes. the venue was, was Indiana. Yep. And it was very close to the line. Yep. And most people are coming from central, but not quite in eastern. But yep. some people were coming from eastern, not quite in central. I was in a mind pickle for four days of like where where are we what time is it what time is the actual wedding Do, are, is it in central time really it was a constant battle yeah but if you bl- drive um, like a block you're in one yes. time zone yeah that's the same way when we used to play uh go out to south bend indiana for playing mm-hmm. notre dame it was either we flew into a place and it was central mm-hmm. and then you go to south bend and it's different or it, whatever it was central or eastern yep. it was the opposite way when you get to south bend so when you get to the hotel it was always like, okay, we're on this time now. Set your clocks the right way, mm-hmm. so you, you know, it's you're it's not nuts. late for the buses in the morning. Which I would left be a bad my day. watch on Eastern Time. My uh, Movado 800 series Tom Brady edition has the 12 on the inside. I sent you a picture of it because I haven't worn it that often. And, and the sunglasses too. I had the sunglasses hey. on. Oof, just looking sharp. Um, so I kept it on Eastern Time uh, just because I was just lost. I was like, okay, I'm going to pretend that we're backwards the whole time. And, and it worked out. We ended up being at everything on time. The girls were flower girls. So that was, uh, you know, we actually had to like be responsible for that. Um, the wedding, by the way, went from the reception started at five 30. So like the reception started at five 30 cocktail hour started at five 30. The wedding was at like five. seems like a normal good time Friday. Guess what time it went to what time to what? Like weddings normally like, that starts that early, right? I, I used to wash dishes oh, at okay. a banquet hall. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to say you had a four-hour block. So that would be what, 9.30? 9.30. Wedding went till midnight. Oh, okay. It went late, and it was it was an awesome time. And the groom— They, they paid for some extra time. They paid for a lot of extra time. The groom was, I, I believe, the president of a fraternity. So they—I mean, I think he had everybody that ever went to the fraternity was in <laughs> attendance. So it was, it was getting a little wild there at the end. It was it was a good time. Um, the British, British Open. British Open. Uh, the Open is what they call the, it. The Open. And, I call it the British Open still. I got into a fight with the roommate. I was like, no. You, it, it, I thought the Open was the U.S. Open. Did you say the roommate? In, in college. Okay. <laughs> that was the last time I had a roommate. <laughs> I thought you were calling your, your wife the no, roommate. No, for, no. Okay. No, we, we're, 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 okay. On, we're, 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 be, we're better than that. Okay, good. Uh, All right. Uh, I had a fight about yep. what is it called the open or whatever, and mm-hmm. he's correct. It is called the open. I thought the it U.S. Is. Open was more towards the open, but yeah, no. the champion golfer of the year, 
Yeah, Colin Morikawa. Uh, played like he was flawless. He reminded me of Tiger Woods at the end. I, and by the way, I know that I said I like to watch the golf late. When you're at a wedding, though, for a weekend, nothing better than having that come on early. I'd wake up, I'd go down to the hotel lobby, turn it on the hotel lobby, just have coffee, 5.30 in the morning. Yeah. That was perfect for no, me. No, that's good. But 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 also having it on early, it's not like, yeah, it starts at one thirty, So they don't show the whole field anyway. Yeah. Like the... The uh, you know I think uh, Morikawa started at nine fifty five or something. Kisner like played it, a two hour round at like well, yeah, two he in the was morning. The first one off, yeah. That, <laughs> yeah. I mean, but that would suck. By the way, oh yeah, no. I would not want to go out there and play. But if if I'm just going to play that course, no. yes, I would go out there and play no. by myself. But if I'm at the open with no shot, mm. I just want to get on a flight and probably come home. Yeah, I agree. Mentally, not into it, mm. but. If it starts at ten, you're still on till like three o'clock, three thirty in the afternoon. And then you can go about your day. So yeah. I actually, that, I didn't mind it. It was. I thought it was awesome to watch. It was. Uh, it wasn't windy, so no, that it was, took a it, lot of the it, fun out of it. It was definitely not what it usually is. Because no, no wind, wind is no howling. wind, no rain, no right. fog, or right. you know. I mean, it was perfect. It was right. the hottest it, day it of was, the year on Sunday. Yeah, right? 85, 82 degrees there or something, and it was. You need. We talk about the U.S. Open. We need, like, carnage, and we want, like, you know, want it to be, like, aggressive things going on. And it British Open, the same thing. And normally you get more when you get the flag sticks that are just bending. Yep. Nothing. So it was kind of, I guess, anti, anti-climactic. Anti-climatic. <laughs> anti-climatic. Anti or anti? I also said a word this weekend that my wife told me I say wrong. Uh, I say almonds. Instead uh, of what? Almonds. 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 Oh. almonds? almonds? Yeah, wow. You say almond? No. I did not know what word you were trying to say. Almonds? <laughs> what almond. do you say? Almond? No, I say almond. That makes no sense. <laughs> Sounds like the past <laughs> okay. of amen. Okay, so I almond. say almond. 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 I say almond. Okay. Well, you're okay. Wrong. <laughs> so, whatever. Um, uh, so there was anticlimactic. I'm saying that wrong, by the way. I know that's incorrect. You're just really, really, <laughs> I'm really enunciating it. I can't get through it. Uh, so anyway, uh, it was it wasn't that great. Um, but Kepka made a run. My guy Kepka oh, he made did, a run. He did. It. He did. He uh, last day. He did. How did run. you do in your in your pool? The majors pool, all four majors career. The the winnings is how it's calculated. The final uh, spreadsheet has not come out yet, but mm-hmm. I did have Rom. I did have Usti, and a lot of other people had those guys. I finished with two guys and tied for third, mm-hmm. and I think I'm going to be in fourth place, mm. which is going to be Almost. probably Roy, Roy hurt you. Roy sucked. Yeah, Roy I'm, really. You hurt know what? You. One, he putted like shit. I think he's kind of just he's not, done. He's he doesn't just, want to win. Anymore. I don't. Yeah, I don't know. I'm done. I'm done with Roy. Yeah. I'm all over Morikawa. Man, oh boy, he's good. I'll tell you what, the putts that he made, oh. Spieth, holy shit. I know. Like Spieth was charging Dude, like as hard as he Spieth, can go. Spieth was like twenty five feet away and I thought he was gonna make every goddamn putt. Yeah, he, he was rolling it. He was he rolling was it. unbelievable. Morikawa made every pressure putt or every yep. par save that he had to make. Yeah. He, Just he done. Did. I mean he had he was ice, strong. Ice in his veins, too. Yeah, absolutely. No question. So and Rom Rom made a charge too. Rom had a great final round. Yep. He missed Again, it's, it's all about putting. It is. It, you have to be able to putt. It is. It certainly. And if you're is. making the putts, you're gonna you're gonna have a chance at the end. But if you don't make those, I mean, Rob, I want to say started out uh, in the f- second round. Let's say second round mm-hmm. or whatever. Just you know, 
really good shots, and then five footer he misses. Yeah, made, missed misses. a lot of putts. Um, we have a member three tomorrow. Well, it's Tuesday now. We're recording. It's that's, Wednesday. That's um, not happening. I'm looking at hail. In you the just forecast. you just dated us. Yeah, I'm looking at hail in the forecast. I, you know, I, I, <laughs> I, I, I'm still going. I, I don't think you are. I don't think it's going to happen. I, I I hate it when we don't get to compete because nothing I like more than having something that you got to go out there and try to win. And I got you on my side on this one. Yeah. Normally we're against each other, and we've got a good team together, and it might get canceled. So we're going to find out. You know, we'll we'll see. I'm just saying, there's a big episode. big patch of green on the radar, which usually isn't a very not good a sign, great sign. That is going to be directly overhead at 12:30 tomorrow. Yeah, that's not great. Um, also, last night, uh, sleeping like a baby, uh, get woken up by my wife. She's like, "I think there's a burglar in the house." This happened. It happens. I know, but we have cameras everywhere. We've got the Nest system, you know, and I check, and there's no movement on anything. There's no no sensor lights are on. And she's like, get up. So I get up, and I'm like, what do you mean? She's like, I heard something at the top of the stairs. Like, I heard somebody downstairs. I'm like, okay. So we had field hockey sticks. That's when I played <laughs> field hockey. And then I let her go down first. You know what? She didn't go down first. Oh, yeah. Oh, she's like, on. I'm going first. And then she was, like, grinning. <laughs> And I was like, is this a game? Am I going to record it somewhere? Like, what's going on here? And then, um, you know, we sweep the house. I guess you, uh, you could say. You don't have a baseball bat next to the bed? I didn't have. Like I, I had a field hockey. By I, the way, field I hockey I didn't stick. even play baseball and I have a baseball yeah, bat next I, I to the bed. I have one, but it's not by the bed. But a field hockey stick hurts. That I would be it. a weapon. What would you rather get hit with? A baseball bat I wouldn't want to get hit field. with any. I okay. wouldn't want to get hit with any. Pick one. You got to get hit with one. I'd thing. rather get hit with a field hockey stick. I'd rather get hit hit with a field hockey it's, stick too. Uh, but it was a little smaller one too, and I know I could have whipped it. Like so, a bat you got to take a big swing. So choke up. Um, I go down. Yeah, you could choke up a little. <laughs> um, I go downstairs and creep down there, sweep the house. No movement. She's like, "You didn't check your office in the basement," and I was like, "Are we really doing this?" So then I like back away a little bit and she's like, oh, you're putting me down there first. And I was like, yeah, go like, you know, we want to check it. There's nobody in here. I'm looking at all the cameras. There's nobody in the house. And, um, you know, the AC's going. So like there's sound. I look in the office, nothing in the office. We go down to the basement and it's a two stair corner basement. Right. So there's a landing and then you go down to the left. So I go down to the left and I start to go down there and I'm like, Hey, <laughs> I'm like, if you're down here, you did not announce yourself. Yeah, that's I announced myself, and and, and my wife did too. We announced ourselves coming usually, down there. Usually, people announce yourself when you have like a, a nine millimeter in your hand or something like that, not a field hockey stick. Exactly. Hey, by the way, if he has a nine millimeter, I, I'm like, hey, I'm coming down. Shoot me. I've got a field hockey stick in my hand. Yeah. <laughs> I'm coming down. You're going to get hurt is basically what I said. Now, mind you, like, I mean. Excuse me, Mr. My, burglar. My wife's athletic and played Division One field hockey. She's got the field hockey stick. I've got the field hockey stick. I can tell you who I wouldn't want to be. I wouldn't want to be that guy in the basement if there was somebody yeah. down there because that would have been a beatdown. That would have been that would have been a beatdown. Imagine if you guys just did that, like, during the night and took two field yeah. hockey sticks downstairs and just played field hockey in the basement. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I just play Bill Hey, yeah. you're, you're, this is game uh, time for us. Hey, I for a second there, she did give me a little bit of a pump up speech when I went downstairs. She's like, "Get ready, let's go," and I was like, "Whoa!" Like I kind of got like the blood. Like I was like, "Woof!" 
I'm ready. To, like uh, the adrenaline hit me a little bit. I had to re-listen to Dr. Kevin Chapman about like some of my breathing. <laughs> some techniques. of your anchoring techniques. I was like, is there really somebody in here right now? Is this for real? Sounds pretty. Uh, well, like we live in a nice neighborhood. There's nobody. There's nobody in our house. What are you talking about? Sounds anticlimactic. 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 Huh. Anticlimactic. Okay. Anti. Not yeah. Anti. So nothing. Nothing happened. Everybody went to bed. You could have visual, You could have visualized yourself on what was going to happen if someone was there. I'm going to hit that in just a second. Um, we. Uh, so we were. We went to bed. Left all the lights on. So eh, nothing happened. Whatever. No big deal. Um, you know, we live to we live to see another day. <laughs> I guess is the the big thing. But I'll check the doors extra hard tonight. Just make sure. I don't know. Check the closets. I gave the closets a sweep last night. <laughs> Somebody like playing games here, but um, uh, visualization. By the way, vis, vis, visual, visual, <laughs> visualization. So you, you've got you're talking I fast know, right I now. Know, I'm stuck. Oh, and you did a post. He did. Did you see the post he did? Uh, yeah, what yesterday? was that the mouth? Oh my god! I can't, what were you doing <laughs> you with your tongue? Go, your I, tongue was all over the place. I'm never gonna. It's like a under, giraffe. I, I don't understand what that was for the team of the day. By the way, the team of the day is getting like. Rave reviews. People are following us left and right on this. Like it's it's building a national following <laughs> because we're picking one, teams. One follower. No, at a time. yeah, one follower at a time. Um, we did one today. I did one though, and I came in here and just flipped it on and did it. But I did something with my mouth. It was wild. I don't know what I had a pistachio in my mouth because I was eating uh, pistachio shells. And I did try to like tuck it over in the side, but I didn't assume that I was going to just immediately start speaking after. <laughs> so it was an interesting move by me. Um, we uh, visualization though, uh, golf. We took. I've listened to that Dr. Kevin Chapman one. I think twice. Um, it is some of the stuff in there was so powerful and so good. I've been telling everybody to listen to that episode. If you haven't listened to it yet, listen no, to it. Good. It was really strong about anxiety and like dealing with pressure and like being an athlete and like just living life um i tried that at the golf course at the country club we played the country club after we recorded on that wednesday mm -hmm. i forgot about it and then i visualized on like three or four holes how well did i play that how well did i finish you played well you got 37 <laughs> on the back yeah and, and i didn't up. start visualizing until a couple holes in yeah, it was probably around twelve, yeah. somewhere around there. And it was, and, then, was and then you wouldn't shut up about it, so that was even better when someone when when a couple of the people in the group aren't playing as well. <laughs> it's like you just gotta visualize. Yeah, I, you know what? I did the visualization as well. And it just it, it still went right uh, and then I snap hooked one on that par five. Uh, um and then came in not I mean, I had a nice nice recovery over there. Didn't get it far enough, but I was way off in the other fairway. Yeah, had a good shot in on the third shot, but those greens are so goddamn small. Oh, they're so small. They're like the size of this table. And this the rough, and it's not even nightmare. what it's going to be for the U.S. Open it was next a nightmare. year. The greens are so small. The rough, especially in the second cut, you it, it is so thick. It was a nightmare. Yeah, it was hard, and so it wasn't even close so to set up. Yeah, if you're not visualizing how you're going to hit the shots and then hit them, yeah. you're screwed. Exactly. So I, I'm taking this visualization thing to the max yeah, like in the rest of my life. Visualization does nothing for an athlete or a player if they don't have the fundamentals. Well, you got to have the fundamentals. You, right? actually, you yes. can sit there and go like, hey, visualize this and all yeah. that. Yeah, that worked. No, it doesn't work. It's the mental. You've got to put the, the work set. in and you've got to figure it out. And you've got to have confidence, if, whether it's your swing or yeah. whatever you're doing. But 
visualization did not work for me that yeah, day. If you know you can turn a little cut over the edge of the bunker, though, and I visualize that, and then you just go do it. It's a positive thought before execution. Wow. Yeah. All right, you got that up. That's, that that's up what I'm going to do. That's what I'm going to do from now on. Positive so, thought before, before execution. execution. So like what Bill, he's sort of practice preparation makes game day reality. Yeah, that's those two things right there are all I'm going to think when I'm playing golf from now on. That's it. All right. That's all I'm going to do. It. So Words to live by. Um, we did look great out there. We wore Summit brands. I had a zero restriction shirt on, jacket. I mean, I had B-Dratty. I want B-Dratty. Yeah, you had a B-Dratty no. shirt on. Um, another one of the great Summit brands products. Those are all available at Squad Locker now. Um, live, in stores. People are buying it. Uh, it's like the best waterproof gear and maybe the most comfortable like shirts you can find. So those are in stores. Corporate, people are buying that left and right. A lot of nice schools. Some golf teams are buying it so far. So uh, www.squadlocker.com slash suit up. And let's jump into the interview. Yes, sir. Dan played football for the Patriots. Um, What's he doing? We're going to – got to just record this and play this. This is great. This is great right here. This is perfect. <laughs> This um, is what y'all need. Yeah. This is content. This is exactly this is exactly what we need. So any, anything hey, that we hey hey hey, let me interrupt real quick and okay, show you I'm something ready. that you'll really appreciate. Oh I'm my ready. god, you're gonna love this. Look at this bobblehead. Dontro Willis. <laughs> from from the Jupiter Hammerheads. That's perfect. That's a great that's it's a great my one. favorite. It's my favorite bobblehead. Let's cover some more of these up there. What else you got up there? We're going live now. We're rolling. Yeah, we're, so we're yeah, going. we're rolling. What else is up there? If you want to cut anything out, just let us know and we'll take it out. But okay, yeah, 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 yeah. that's fine. Okay, so Let's, look, yeah, right got... off the start, I'll, I'll hang on. I'll introduce you. So we got Steve Ken on, played, played in the big leagues, played for a long time. You know, in in major minor league baseball. Now he's got a pretty successful business that he's built with a lot of the guys from baseball. Show us the collection. And, and back a hell there, of a though. bobblehead collection. And a hell of a bobblehead collection. Let's see. I it. actually have a pretty extensive bobblehead collection that I haven't unpacked yet because I just recently built this house. My wife and I just recently moved in and I uh, haven't unpacked a lot of stuff and I'm doing some redesigning of my office. But let's, let's I do go have some it. cool ones up oh, here. Here we go. Yep. So far. Going on a tour. Um, Is this an episode of Cribs? <laughs> what's it in your refrigerator what's in your refrigerator <laughs> oh my god you could it could turn into that so i got a uh steve cox i don't know if you can see that i played with him in the big leagues um adrian beltre manny pacquiao when he fought margarito at um AT stadium yeah it's a pretty significant bobblehead because it was the first boxing match at uh at&t stadium when they built jerry jones built jerry world you know mm-hmm. um Christian Yelich when he won the MVP, Prince Fielder. I got a first pitch from the World Series, a um, couple presidents in there. Uh, Nolan Ryan, I don't know if you can see that one. That's a good one. Yep, throw back in that Astros jersey. Um, there's Ichiro. I got to play with Ichiro, play against Ichiro. One of my coolest at-bats in the big leagues was against Ichiro. We'll get to that later. Andy Pettit, Paul Molitor, uh, Dontrell Willis, Couple of yeah, couple we'll, of have, different to, we'll have to bring you back on when you repack when you unpack the rest. Yeah, you know, that'll be oh, yeah. And our producer Max has a fake throwback Mike Schmidt jersey on today, so yeah, it's kind of perfect time. Today's memorabilia day. Today's a big memorabilia uh, day. Uh, here's another jersey that's a sharp one. There, that's a sharp one. Now you got to um, hang that up. Well, yeah, exactly. These are there's my big league jersey. I don't know if you can see yep. that. Yep. This one's legit. I got the guys at um, 
fanatics to do it through mm-hmm. a connection through my agent that I use as a player. He still represents a lot of current players. So uh, he hooked me up with a guy over there. And that's a, that. those are big leagues. I got a Marlins one back there. I got a Mariners one and a Devil Race. Who was the big – Who who was it Barnes? Had like a ridiculous setup. Remember yeah. his office? He had he had the bat racks and he had all the jerseys behind yeah. him. He had he had a good setup. Yep. Yeah, I got some bats also because I, I don't know if you remember. I did have a job as a as a bat. I bought some. I, I used to buy a bunch from me for for clients. That's right. That's right. That's how we reconnected. That's exactly. right. Yeah, but he just keeps field hockey sticks in his uh in yeah, his room. Uh, yeah, he yeah, doesn't no, really plenty keep of bats. bats, bats plenty around. of bats. So no. So Steve, he was repping for a bat company, and what I like to do during this time was I, I got to get one for you. By the way, I, you I, might have to connect yeah. with you on this, Steve. So I used oh, to yeah, buy him as get gifts for the, for the for the show too. That's exactly. Yeah. So we used to buy him as, and I used to give him as gifts to people like, hey, you know here's a bat it's got your name on it's got your title it's got your company name so that's what we used to i used to gift that out a lot i gotta get back to that that was a good uh that was a good deal you know so i'll I'll actually i'll actually uh if you guys want to go and get into uh you know what i'm currently doing and how i use bats to get into what i'm doing we are we will be getting into what you're doing and that's like steve i think you should just lead the interview you you've got this you know exactly where you want to go yeah did you write down the timing because it's perfect timing because uh, during that time, I was focused a lot on doing the trophy bats for guys like you that were mm-hmm. handing them out as gifts. Well, I had an account with a mortgage company, and the guy was doing the same thing. And through conversation, he basically said, hey, Steve, you know, we're, uh, I think you would be really good at this. And I said, well, what does this entail? Because mm-hmm. I had never had a real job, technically. You know, I played baseball, sold bats, did lessons. That's a real job. Baseball is a real job. Dan will say no, too, but we know. Baseball was a real job. To you or to Uh, Steve? (laughs) Well, to both of us. It was a part of our life, I'd say it's more real for him, but yes, it was a real job. Well, we didn't have to send an email. But I know know what Steve's saying. He's saying just playing sports in general is hard to say it's a real job when you get it. I get it. I get it. You get it. Exactly. So – you know, without having any experience, I basically said, you know, hey, what do, what does it entail? He, you know, he lined out some details, and I said, hey, if you hold my hand through the process, you know, I'm I'm in, you know, because I don't I don't know what to do, and you know, you explain it to me, and and here's what I do know: I'm good at sales. So if you're telling me all I have to do is be a good salesman, then I'm going to kill it, and here we are killing it. Yeah, you are you are, and now I wanted to get in one of the first things. So how long did you play, by the way? Big league, Total. big league lender. Let's say, let's oh yeah, a big plug. league lender. Big yeah, league well, lender. don't worry. We'll give him plenty of plugs on this one. I was drafted. I was drafted in '99. Yep. Uh, and I and I I attempted to play up until 2012. Now, yep. how long did I actually play? That's to be determined. But I did attempt to continue playing up until 2012. You know, one thing I noticed the other day, I was looking through some baseball reference stuff. I wasn't looking at yours, but I, I pulled up somebody. Um, it shows your current status, right? And mine, a lot of people have um, voluntary retirement or they have retired. Like there's, I'm not sure what yours is. Mine says free agent. Oh, nice. I'm I'm currently a free agent right now. I'm still available to be picked up. Well, uh, so. I did see your golf swing the other day, so I'm sure uh, you can get signed yeah. doing something. Yeah, that's true. It's very good. Thank you. <laughs> it, <laughs> it is, is it's getting dialed. It's getting dialed in. Um, so you played. So you played for a while. What I wanted to go down a little bit on this interview is, you know, we've all transitioned, right? Like in terms of the new thing that we do, right? I played for five years. You played for twelve, thirteen. Dan played for eleven. Um, 
we're all still young at the end of that, right? Like when I was done after five years, I was 27 years, 26 years old. You know, you gotta, mm -hmm. you're doing something else. You've taken this network of people that we have, right? Which is the funniest thing. Like we've been in this group that has what? 13,000 guys in it, right? On Facebook. And it's, I've told you about this minor league current or my major and minor league current and present players. Current and Big. present. Aren't they the same? No, uh, sorry. Past, yeah, players. current and retired players. That's what it is. <laughs> so it's this huge group, big network. We always talk about like the fraternity of locker rooms and like being with your buddies and everything. You've taken in, you've capitalized on it because I can't tell you every day I look on there and one of these guys is saying, "Hey, thanks to Steve, like helping me out with my with my mortgage or helping me out like refinancing my house." It's literally almost every day. So like <laughs> your entire network is like. I mean, I know you have a, a network outside of this, but it's really built off of the off of the playing experience. I'm assuming is that pretty close to accurate? Well, yeah, hundred percent. I mean, it, it it literally is almost a hundred percent. Like uh, last year, for example, I used. I'm sorry, I closed 85 loans. Mm -hmm. You know, there's there's there there are loan officers that do you know 185 loans, 285 loans. 85 mm -hmm. is a decent amount of loans for somebody in their second year. Mm -hmm. I'd say out of those 85 loans, 80 came from or were a referral from a baseball player. Yeah. It's crazy. That's, that's a, a that's a huge number, mm -hmm. but you know, it, it, but here's the deal. You, you know, it's the same thing in football. It's the same thing in baseball. You know, we're all a tight knit group of people until you mess up. Yeah. And once you mess up, you're out. Yep. <laughs> so my reputation uh, in the baseball community, in the sports world, you know, I, in the neighborhood I live in, there's two NFL guys. Uh, I don't want to name their names, but they're, one's a current player, one's a retired player. Uh, he wore a jersey very similar to the one behind. Oh, behind Dan. Okay. 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 All right. Yeah. 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 All right. I don't know if it's the same, but it's the so same colors. Generally yeah. in Florida, what location would you be close to? What's the next town over? And we can. Well, I live in Dallas. Oh, he's oh, Dallas. Oh, I yeah. Okay. Dallas. Right, Dallas. Yeah, I live in Dallas, and the town is called Prosper. Prosper. So if, you, if mm -hmm. you've heard of Prosper, Texas, it's a pretty affluent neighborhood, pretty affluent town, and a lot of retired um, and current players, football players and baseball players, flock to this community. It's crazy. Mm -hmm. Are you from, are you from um, Texas originally? I'm from Texas originally. Okay. I was born in Germany. My father was in the military, so we bounced around uh, back and forth between Germany and Texas, but I've always lived in either Germany or Texas. So, yep. so the whole the hand holding that this mortgage guy had to get you through was it? I mean, you were you were doing the bad thing beforehand. You know, was it just be like, oh, I'm going to be good at this, or was it after you talked to him for a while? It's like I'm excited about doing this type of thing. No, I told him I was going to kill it right <laughs> out of the gate. <laughs> And That's I know why I people like hiring athletes because we, we're just you know we're gonna go. That's, well, well, yeah, I'm not wired to suck. You know what I'm saying? I'm gonna. That's, I'm gonna. That should be a name of a book. Do, that's a that's good a, name for a book, a, right there. Not wired to suck. Well, Actually, I think Max yeah, well, just, just put that that's down as the title of the episode. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm, that's just how I built. I'm not. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna take something on and and suck at it. So you know, once I once I realize that it is essentially sales. You know, we are sales. There is some management going on. There is some you know, ins and the outs of, you know, the loan process. I don't have that part mastered, but you know, it, it's a relationship business sales oriented. And I, and I felt like I'm good at that. I just needed a different product with mm -hmm. a different price per unit. 
And that's, you know, I, I turned a little side gig into a pretty, I'm not gonna say lucrative, but you know, I was making decent cash because I was able to capitalize my relationships with some of the clubhouse managers that uh, I built along the way as a player. For example, you know, the clubhouse manager I had in the big leagues, um, when I was in the big leagues as a clubhouse manager for a different team, and he handled the bat purchases on the minor league side. So I was able to obtain their entire minor league business. Mm-hmm. We're not talking about an order of a dozen bats or, you know, a hundred bats. We're talking thousands of bats. And then I took that same model and was able to repeat it with a couple of different organizations mm-hmm. and start pumping out large amounts of bats in single orders where um, I was having, where I was able to do less work and make more money. Mm-hmm. I took that same concept with bats. And I tell, I tell this story all the time. I tell it to you guys since we're on tape, I, I really like this to get out there. I had a conversation with a guy. We're talking about fungos and it could be a guy very similar to the guy right there. You know what fungo, you know what fungo is? What's a fungo? Oh, Dan doesn't know what a fungo is. So, hang on, so. Okay. So it's a train, it's a training bat. You know, let's just, you know, in general, it's a bat. So, a coach will use it, hit ground order balls. With the guy. Okay. Yep. I'm, I'm going over the, an order with this guy. And, he, you know, we're going over colors. We're going over sizes, names, engraving, all that stuff. It takes about 30 minutes. You know, and, and then my, my commission on that deal, you know, after it's all said and done, orders placed, delivered, is a small commission per bat. Mm-hmm. I took the same amount of time and – talked to a guy about a refinance, took him through the process, how it works, what to expect, same 30 minutes on the phone. And I probably made 50 times the amount of money mm-hmm. and spent the same amount of time on the phone. So I've able, I've been able to take those same conversations from guys that I've sold bats to. You'd be, you'd be surprised how many uh, loans I've done for guys that I've sold bats to. <laughs> it's kind of funny. Actually, yeah, I mean, but, uh, I'm, yeah. I'm th- Dan was doing some paperwork earlier. He's looking into a refi right now. So this is where this is where we have some real estate questions for you because this has been eating at me right now lately with the real estate because nope. uh, there the market is so strange and wild and crazy and like our area in Rhode Island is like I mean you can triple up your house right now almost like in, in terms of like mm-hmm. what, what you bought it for. Um, so those questions are coming. Um, I do have a question about your major league debut because I like to ask that question to people and see what type of stress and what type of feelings you had during that time. Cause we talked to, we talked to a doctor last week talking about like anxiety, you know, and stress reducing techniques. Um, what was that experience like for you on the mound? It's always my first question. I ask a lot of people that, that, you know, got there. It's like, what's the first thing that you did? What's the first feeling that you felt out there? Uh, I mean, it's it's a very surreal feeling. I mean, because you, you kind of get, you know, you have this idea of, you know, what, what I want to accomplish once you get drafted. You know, first of all, I never thought I'd ever get drafted. I, didn't, I, I never even knew anybody that got drafted. I'm the first and only player or person from my town to make it to the big leagues. So it wasn't like big leaguers were growing on trees where I'm from. So when I got drafted, I actually thought I was going to the big leagues. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know what the minor oh, yeah. was. So yep. finally, when I finally when I learned the process, and you know, you 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 go through your first year, second year, you know, I'm in my third year in the minor leagues, and I start to figure out that I'm actually pretty good. Next year, my fourth year, I'm in the big leagues. You know, so I'm. You're thinking to yourself, you know, all this has led up to one moment, and 
it's happening. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's really happening. My parents are in the stands. I got a couple of buddies in the stands. You know, everybody's everybody's anxious as I am to see me throw out my first pitch. And then when it finally happens after the game, you're just like, wow, I did it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Officially, you know, I've made it to the to the major leagues, you know, and I, and it was witnessed by, you know, uh, a decent amount of my close knit family and friends. Um, I mean, you made, you made it there. It's pretty, you made it there in the fourth year. Generally, I mean, how, I know it's different from, for individual basis. I get that. Hey, top pick, last pick. It's going to be generally mm-hmm. different timeline. What's the average timeline that people spend in the minors? You think before they get the call up, if they ever get the call up, I, I think now it's a, it's, it's probably different than when, when we were playing, mm-hmm. I think a, a game, the game has gotten a lot more game has got a lot younger guys are more mature i think you know coming into the draft uh, after after being drafted i think they're um we still there yeah we got Good. you yep so so I, I think now it's 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 a, it's a lot more common to see a guy you know spend 3 years in the minor leagues and make his debut i think it's a lot more common now to see a guy you know 22 23 years old and already have two or three years under his belt yeah that's that's As definitely where, changing yeah, that's absolutely swear, been changing. And I would have said, if you were to ask me and you, we played around the same time frame, right? I would have said mm-hmm. the average is probably four or five years. Right. That a guy, Cause that's probably, what, probably back that's what I remember. Yeah. So, I remember, hey, this guy's been in there for five, six years, or whatever the number yeah, is. It was but just you, traditional. It's almost like you have to like, you know, pay your dues down there. Yeah, well, it was traditional oh. to kind of go through mm-hmm. each level, right? You know, you're in rookie ball, you're in A ball, you're in maybe in high A after that if you were still young, like you're in double A. You might, you might make your leap then, you know, where you go to big league camp and you kind of go right up, but or you go to AAA and you groom yourself that year for half the year and then you get called up in September. That's four years, five years yeah. right there. And I think that what, probably was a mm-hmm. traditional path, right? Well, yeah, I mean, you know, me being um, my my path, I was I was the first person in my draft class to to, to make it to the big leagues. Technically, mm-hmm. I should have been the first rounder, right? Yes, yeah, absolutely <laughs> but, uh, correct. You know, I was, I was ninth rounder. I was first one in my draft class to make it to the big leagues after my third year, which was, you know, honestly was too quick. I think if I would have had a little more seasoning um, in the minor leagues, I would have been better prepared for the major leagues and maybe spent more time because I only spent one year. Mm-hmm. And th- there's a saying that we've all heard in baseball: it's harder to stay than it is to get there. Mm-hmm. How many times have we heard that? Comment? Oh, a million. Yep. Thousands. Mm-hmm. And I'm a, I'm a perfect example and a perfect believer. And, and I preach this message all the time that it, that is a true statement for me to get to the big leagues and only spend three years in the minor leagues was easy. It was technically it was a walk in the park. And then all of a sudden I get to the big leagues, which I thought I had a decent year, a good enough year to get another shot. Mm-hmm. The following year, I, I I wasn't mature enough. That that lack of maturity, and I don't want to say the overwhelming, but it was a little overwhelming because of the background I came from. All of a sudden, I'm just throwing all this publicity, money, you know, just mm-hmm. you could walk on water essentially back then when you're in the big leagues, probably how it is now, but I wouldn't know now. But that combination, um, what didn't prepare me for the minor leagues the following year. And the minor leagues the following year is probably the year that did me in. <laughs> mm-hmm. So um, there is there is some truth to the to the comment of it's easier to get there than it is to stay. Yeah, and you hear like terms like uh, you'll hear this all the time, and we've heard these in baseball like guys get salty. 
you know, like, so if you've been there, right, and then you go down, you're, like, salty while you're there. Yeah, yeah, and, like, yeah. that's that's a, really, like, that's a a term that's used towards AAA a ton, right? You get a lot of guys that are good enough to be in the big leagues. Like, they've probably been there for years. That you get these, like, salty vets is what, what, what the uh, term is a lot. And then that's, you know, it's all about attitude and consistency. And if you show it, you get back up there. But, like you said, it's it's much harder well, first of all, it was really hard for me to not get there. There were there were so many comments in there that I <laughs> yeah, couldn't make. I, 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 I actually I actually I laid off. Of it. I know I actually laid off. I, I know because like, you you're, you're yeah you're we're, nice you're, guy sometimes. You're, you're uh, earning my respect. Thank um, you. But then I'm assuming it's hard to stay there. <laughs> that's my assumption. That's, that's, that what, that I've yeah, that's, that's what, what I've heard. That's what I've heard. That's what I've heard. If you ever see the chart, and and I I don't even know where to find it, but if you start looking at like how many guys just made it to the big leagues. Mm -hmm. You know, there was a, there was a post that went viral. There was a guy that was the 20,000 player. So there's only been 20,000 dudes to play in the big leagues. Mm -hmm. Well, that, that list gets significantly smaller with guys that have played one full year. Mm -hmm. And then for guys to have played guys to have gone to arbitration where you're three years service time, that list is drastically smaller than, uh, Right. you know, the, the list of guys that have made it. So, I mean, it is hard to stay, you know, uh, the guys get, you know, guys get called up, you know, a cup of coffee, play for a couple of weeks, get sent back down. Maybe they're a replacement player because of an injury or something. And they just get thrown in the mix and never make it back. Just mm-hmm. never make it back. They battle through the minor leagues year after year after year and never get the opportunity, which is what I did. I battled through the minor leagues again. You know, I got my uh, life back in order mentally and I had some decent years where I thought I should have been given the opportunity to get back to the big leagues, and I, and I wasn't. One was with the Astros. I, I was literally getting a phone call from the manager. I was I had the lowest ERA on the team. I'm in AAA. I'm throwing the ball well, and the manager calls me. I was so nervous because I thought he was about to tell me I'm going to the big leagues. I didn't answer the phone. The pitching coach then called me. So I'm like, okay, something's going on. So I – he said, Hey, you can, you need to call the manager back. So I called the manager back and he says, Hey, we need you. We need you to get to the field as soon as you can. I happen to live in Austin, which is where round rock is. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, I'm at home. So I just drive to the field. They call me into the office and they tell me you're being sent to double a. <laughs> that's what, that's I, think what getting, was. I think I'm getting, I think I'm getting called up and I'm getting sent down. Yep. And that's how crazy baseball is. Yeah, it is nuts when when you get in the shuffle of I, I was in Double A for a couple of years and then ended up getting released, getting signed back, and went to High A. <laughs> it's like you know, just like exactly. you're all over, like, you're all over work? the place, you know, in, in terms of where it is. It's just it's people and places and consistency and like what what the needs are. I mean, it's a it's a business. Well, obviously, the, the, the time the timing of of everything is is uh is pretty significant. Like you, the timing has to add up for a guy to. For a guy to play ten years in the big leagues, the timing has to add up to where where um, you know you have to stay healthy. One, I mean, yeah. you, as a former football yeah. player, you can understand health uh, more than anybody. No. Sorry, guys, I'm trying to no, that's hey, good. Trying to, the, uh, I'm trying to the, put my phone on the charger, and it's uh, this is the stuff that out, people so. love. One of so. the one of the sayings that Bill always had, and there was a sign up in the locker room and in the wall in the facility is durability is more important than ability. And if you can't yeah. stay on the field, you're 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 useless to them. It doesn't yeah. matter how talented you are, but if you get hurt all the time, you, they can't you can't do anything for them. 
Yeah. yeah, same in baseball. Same, same, same with the high school sports. You know, I, I, I still work with kids, not as often as I'd like because you know mortgage business is pretty, pretty busy. But you know, one th- thing I tell kids is two things will keep you off the field. One is grades because you know you got to pass the play in, in in high school and health. If you're not healthy, you're not going to do anybody any good. So. Yep. Absolutely. What, um, what 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 happened in that next year? Was, were you just salty? Was it a mental thing, or were you? Were you just very, you know? was, for me personally, it was mental. Like I, I ended up in a new organization, new, and I was uh, in, in this kind of you know technical baseball stuff. So you get you get sent. So I'm back in big league camp. I'm now, I'm now with the Marlins, and I had two outings. And I did pretty good in, in, in each of those outings. And then they send me down. They call me in the office and say, we're going to send you to AAA. And I'm totally fine with that. Um, the, the year before I was in the minor leagues, I got a year in the big leagues. Now I'm going back to AAA. I feel like I can throw the ball good enough and get called back up pretty quickly. Well, the last day, or maybe the day before the last day, I checked the rosters like we checked the rosters. And I'm – Actually, I don't check the rosters. I end up going to recheck them because they told me I was on the wrong field. And I said, well, this is the AAA field, right? They said, yeah, but you're on the AA roster. And I literally was just in a meeting with these guys telling me I'm being sent to AAA. So now I just go about my business, wander over to the AA field. And then two days later, I'm in Zebulon, North Carolina, in a AA uniform playing the major league team as an exhibition game. And the big league coach, who I just was in big league camp with, just in the office with, being sent down to AAA, is saying, they sent you here? (laughs) And I said, you don't know that they sent me here? Yeah. And there I was. Nobody, I didn't know anybody on the team. I didn't know any of the coaches. And nobody knew me. It was almost like I was a... I don't want to say cancer because that's a terrible word to use in a clubhouse, but it was almost like nobody wanted to help me because that guy over there was just in the big leagues last year. He's got life figured out. We'll just leave him alone. And that's what they did. I was kind of by myself. I didn't have, you know, it took a while to, to, to friend the new guys on the team or the new team. Mm -hmm. And it took a while for the coaches to, um, you know, Hey, this guy really doesn't have it figured out. We need to help him. And it was too late. I'd already checked out. I was ready to go home. Um, so, it, yeah, that ended up being a bad year. It took me an off season. I went and played winter ball that season, kind of get my attitude, motivation back. And, you know, after that, you know, I ended up signing with the Rockies the next year and put together a couple of good seasons in the minor leagues with them. Thought I should have got a chance with the Rockies. Then I bounced to the Braves. Same thing, threw the ball well. Um Thought I had a better opportunity with them, and then mm-hmm. and then with the Astros, of course. You know, I had a couple good seasons in AAA with them, and for sure, at one point, thought I was going to get called up, and I got sent down, and that was pretty much the nail in the coffin. Yeah, right. that was it. <laughs> so from there, you know, it's just it's it's a tough battle, you know, and, and a lot of things have to have, have to add up in your uh, in your favor, and when they don't, it, it's it's kind of like, well, what else can I do? True, Venezuela, and, and sometimes right? Really. Did you play? That? Was it Venezuela that you played in? I spent probably five seasons throughout was, the years in Venezuela. Yeah, which is nuts. I mean, one of our first guests, one of my best friends, Ryan Reed, and he played down there for a couple of years. And he said it's just play the game, immediately go to the hotel. 
the American like resort hotel when he was there. I don't know. Was it nuts down there for how you? recent? How recent was he was, was there? That? Probably 14, maybe 13, 12, 13 in that range. Maybe, maybe five, and, six, yeah, seven years so ago. Venezuela started getting, uh, you know, the country is, is uh, um, in a different political situation than it was a few years prior to that. So, um, yeah, it probably was like that. I mean, I had some crazy experiences in Venezuela. And this was before it actually got like how how bad it is now. Give us one. Um, we're, <laughs> Give us one. We're ready for one. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if he I'm is. In I'm in the bullpen down the first base line. That's our bullpen. And uh, over to the third base line bullpen in the background is downtown Caracas. Mm-hmm. While we're in the game, this is a Sunday day game. Boom! We're like, what was that? <laughs> this loud explosion happens, and then all of a sudden, this high rise building is on fire. Oh. In the background, somebody dropped the bomb in this building and blew it up and helicopters are now taking passes at this building trying to put out this fire we later learned that there was like a political figure i don't remember who it was or what it was but they assassinated him the entire country shut down for the next couple of days we couldn't leave our hotel we couldn't go to the gas station we couldn't go to the store you could not leave your hotel the entire that wasn't just the americans that lived in the hotel that was the entire country everything mm-hmm. shut down until they figured out what was going on it, it, it was crazy was did the game continue because i feel like the chaos the game just went on yeah i know that's, and that's what's just, nuts down there it's like the stands are crazy the the fans oh, go crazy. nuts so so caracas is the capital of venezuela it's a massive size city it's mm-hmm. huge population and there's no middle class in venezuela it's either you're really rich or you're really poor and some of the craziest games that I've been involved with were in winter ball when it's Caracas, the two Caracas teams, their rivals, the two big teams in, in Venezuela. And, and we've all, we've got the chance to play with some, some mm-hmm. you know, some decent Venezuelan players that, you know, yep. were established major leaguers. And you really don't understand why some of these guys act the way they act until you go to where they're from. Mm-hmm. And you start to understand like, okay, I get it. And, these uh, these these stadiums would have like bottle service, <laughs> like you could go like behind <laughs> home plate. It, you, you're not sitting at like a like a regular chair, like a, like in the, in the stands at a, at a minor league game. You're sitting at a table as a waitress with bottle service, and these are rich Venezuelan people that have come to gamble on the game, or just you know they're fans because th- this is the biggest you know show in town at the time. And they just get wasted. And the there's no, like, you know, holding back. Like in the United the States, you know, not, ball, not yeah, in the, the U.S. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shooting out yeah. of it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and then you got these girls, you know, that are wearing these bikinis, little less than bikinis, uh, dancing on top of the dugout because, you know, that's what they do. I mean, it is amazing baseball. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a party down like, there. It is, what we've heard. it is a lot of fun, and it's a great opportunity for guys you know that are in the minor leagues that make you know very little income to go over and make decent amount of money um, while yep. playing in, in winter ball. You can almost essentially make in in two or three months what you've made the entire season. Right, um, yeah, and that's why guys do it. Leagues. Yeah, guys, and it's like cash. They like just bring it over in the waistband. Uh, there's my, got, my there's, got, there's gotta be scout, is guys, there scouts that show up there too. Oh, yeah. So if, so, you're, if you're doing well, you know, they, they do scout that league. You know, uh, a lot of the Asian leagues, you know, which uh, nowadays, uh, Korea, Taiwan, Japan, these are all, you know, outstanding leagues, great opportunities. You know, uh, Korea used to have a salary cap. There's no more salary cap in Korea. Uh, guys are guys are going to Korea making, 
you know, right out of the gate, a million dollars where they're, they're fringe guys here that have mm-hmm. been to the big leagues, back to the minor leagues, you know, cup of coffee in the big leagues, back to triple A. Now they're heading overseas to Asia and right out of the gate, you know, seven fifty million dollars. Yeah. You know, so there's in, in the, in the uh, Asian leagues uh, scout winter ball a lot. And the reason they, the reason I believe they scouted so much is because, you know, how, how, how well is a guy going to do in, in a foreign country um, if he's never been to a foreign country. So, you know, if you can establish yourself in Venezuela, Dominican Republic, Puerto Rico, one of these winter ball leagues, you're probably, you probably can establish yourself in another country as well. Mm-hmm. So some of these, some of these uh, Asian countries won't take a player unless they played winter ball. Yeah. Got it. So from Caracas to the U S housing market. Okay. <laughs> so <laughs> it's a big, big leap. Um, there's no inventory available. Is what it feels like. House values are through the roof. This is this is the question time, and oh, like we have we have questions. You're, you're ready to go now. Mortgage forbearance is coming to an end, and I think July 31st. So like that could change some things. What's what's your view on it? I know you're optimistic. You see, you're like you're helping make guys. You're helping guys make a lot of money on houses by not even selling them. I've seen that a bunch of times. Like what's what's your opinion from mm-hmm. you know from somebody like yourself? Like what's going on with the U.S. housing market? Uh. I'm no genie and I don't have a crystal ball. So my answer is my opinion. Uh, I, I foresee the housing market continuing to be where we're at. Uh, the inventory is still staying low. I do, I do think we're going to get more inventory uh, here in the next couple of months, but I don't think we're going to see the inventory like we saw, you know, seven, eight months ago. I don't think we're going to see that for at least another year. And when we start to get back to normal in the housing market, and again, this is my opinion, I think it's going to plateau. I don't think it's going to go back down. I think it's going to stay where it's at. You think the numbers uh, so the are going to? You think the, the the numbers are going to stay where they're at? I think they're going to stay. I don't think they're going to dip. Like okay. a lot of people keep saying that uh, we're going to see the housing market like in two thousand eight. You know, it's going to it's going to burst or it's going to crash or anything like that. Like I don't really foresee that happening. I think. Uh, um, we are going to see, you know, you, you brought an interesting point with forbearance. Uh, we are going to see, I think, more inventory come to the market because the people that were in forbearance that did not proceed to make their payments as instructed after forbearance are now going to go into foreclosure. Those foreclosure homes are going to come onto the market and there's going to be some buying opportunity for cash heavy people. So that could create more more inventory, more opportunity for the buy for for buyers. I learned that I on I learned it. that on TikTok, by the way. But uh, but I think it's dead ass <laughs> accurate because I did see it on like one of the news channels. I was like, okay, that makes sense. There should be short sales what? and there should be foreclosures and there should be mm-hmm. things that pop inventory into the market. So somebody like me who like right now. I should sell my house and go rent for for a little bit to see if it cools off a little bit because I mean well, we're getting well, a phone call every day. Is, the problem is that is where are you going to rent? That's that's true. Yeah. There's not a lot to rent. Oh, I could there's, say there's not basement. a lot of rental. There's not a there's not a lot of rental properties available either. You know, and I I I, I could give you a prime example. Um, a guy behind me, he sold his house in one hour. It didn't even take pictures. The real estate agent didn't even have time to put a sign up and sold his house for $200,000 over asking. He got his uh, $1 million even offer and was like, well, I'm just going to go rent. Took the money because he had plenty of equity in his house. And now he's struggling to find a place to rent. He had to go all the way from where we live in Prosper, Texas to downtown Dallas. It's probably 
40 minutes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He had to go as far as downtown because there is inventory of, as far as the apartments in downtown because of the high rise buildings. There's a lot of people have moved out of those places. He ended up having to move there and find a place there. So you could sell your house. Um, the hard part is where you're going to go after you sell it. So what you're well, saying right now is still the, a good time to contact the big league lender. Absolutely. This is booming if you're, for if the you're big league buy, lender. <laughs> yeah, if you're, if, you're, if you're looking to purchase, you know, I still feel like, uh, you know, one, one, one uh, category of homes that's still uh, available more than, than the other category is new construction. New construction homes are still, still being built um, here in Dallas in, in the DFW area. I haven't seen it slow down one bit. No. Even during, even during the pandemic, I live in a new construction community. I can, um, I don't know if this works, but let's. Uh, oh boy, we're doing crips. Oh we are doing crips. I don't know if he's doing oh, crips. Um, oh, oh, there we go. Out the window. All right. I don't know what y'all can see out there. We can oh, see. We can see. I, I see a There's couple houses. Yep. Those are, yeah, look at them dudes going, get, getting after it right now, laying down a slab. I mean, these dudes are getting after it every day, Monday through Sunday. No it's 140 degrees down there, too. Oh, it's so hot outside. It's crazy. I was sweating, walking my dogs. It was miserable. But new construction is a good opportunity um, where a lot of people, especially from California, are moving here, buying up these new construction homes because these homes in this neighborhood, you know, listed at whatever price they are, people are selling their older homes much smaller homes in California making more money. So they're running here. The problem is if these apply wood's like ninety six dollars though, right? Yeah. Or is it coming back down now? It's coming back down. Yeah, no, wood has got wood has got back down and, and, and actually that's funny you say that because when it was a little higher, there, it did slow down. I sit out and watch this these houses being built every day. I was a, was I think I was the third house in this neighborhood and now I'm looking at one, two, three, four, five five on this street. So, I mean, I've been watching this process and, you know, you know, Texas was affected by the winter storms, which was a big deal. We had that to deal with. And and then coincidentally, after the winter storms, it was like we were in Seattle or something. It rained for like a month. I've never seen so much rain. Mm -hmm. So that did halt construction a little bit. And then the wood crisis happened. So, I mean, there was a little pause in, in, um, in some of these new construction homes being built. But nonetheless, these people are still working. You know, they're still getting after it. And there's a lot of. There's a lot of buying opportunity on the new construction side. But as you mentioned earlier, you know, you don't have to sell your house to capitalize from the market because if the guy behind me sells his house for a million dollars and it's 200,000 over list price, what does that do to my house? Mm-hmm. That instantly injects equity into my home. And the only way to use equity without selling is to do a cash out refinance. Mm-hmm. So I've been selling cash out refinances uh, pretty hard uh, last couple of months because of the increased value people are immediately given because of how, how uh, overpriced homes are going for right now. All right. right. I got, I got a question and right. I, I hope, I hope I put this the right way. So you in your expert opinion or your expert advice, let's say I get it that there's a minimum or there's rules against what the lending house can, can offer an athlete or an entertainer, right? There's gotta be a contract length, uh, applied to it where they'll honor your income, right? What's your Correct. advice to uh, former athletes or those guys just starting out? Ask, asking for a friend. <laughs> asking for a friend. <laughs> How, do, yep. like, all right, so if if I'm going on a refi or buying a new house as a former athlete, I'm living off of, like, investments and all that jazz, mm-hmm. right? 
What's mm-hmm. the best way to go about that? Or where's the best place to go? And um, you can pump yourself up here. That's fine. We can we can we can yep. throw you another uh, another uh, <laughs> another mention. Another but, ad read. But yep. I've I found and I've gone through this twice. Um, one when I just got cut. One more one mortgage uh, lender wouldn't give me a loan, and I just got done mm-hmm. getting cut after nine years. Yeah. So that was successful and that was, career. And by right. the way, that was right after the last real estate collapse. So I sort mm-hmm. of get that one, but now we're out of it. What ten years now? Mm-hmm. Where do I go now, Steve? Or or this former athlete? <laughs> so so I mean, it's, <laughs> I, I I get asked this question every day. Like I literally just had a conversation before I got jumped on this call with a guy that's a former player. Well, actually, just became a former player. Like in the last couple of days that was in Mexico for the last two seasons and playing in Mexico, you're not, you're not W2. You're not receiving a paycheck like you do nor work in a normal job here. It's not documentable income. Mm -hmm. So I can't do anything for him. So when I, so when I talk to him, I'm like, you know, what, 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 um, what assets do you have? What kind of money do you have for a down payment and what kind of job are you expecting to have moving forward? Because if you don't have income that we can use, that's sustainable, and can be proven to continue, there's really not a loan opportunity. So you, you you have to become a renter. Once you become a renter, we can then start establishing yourself and preparing yourself for the buy process. Now, another battle that I've been going through is, is where I was able to capture a lot of the business of minor leaguers is um, um, COVID. So these guys didn't have a season last year. So now they're back mm-hmm. working again and now they're back earning money but since they didn't have any income or any earnings the prior year, now I'm having to take the average of what they're currently making and divide that by two because there's no salary from the previous year. So it's been a huge battle for me, you know, when I'm trying to help uh, baseball players as the big league lender, not being able to help them. Mm-hmm. Another option, which I just ran into this scenario, is the guy's making almost 10 grand a month in AAA, doing well, did not play last year, so has no salary, no income from the prior year. He got a co-signer. His dad was able to jump on the loan. And um, using a co-signer, we were able to qualify him. He had plenty of money for the down payment. Um, Maybe I'll just get my dad to co-sign the, on oh, I can, I'll yeah. co-sign for you. Tip can yeah. co-sign <laughs> on me. Be, all right, that sounds good. There you go. So a co-signer is a great option. I mean, I mean, sometimes, shoot, I was 33 years old when I got done playing, and I haven't had, I haven't had a job. I haven't had credit. I didn't even know what credit was. The first house that I bought, I like I was Al Pacino and I bought it with cash. So I didn't know certain yeah. things. And I was 33 years old and I had a car in my mom's name. Like what kind of sense does that make? But yep. you know, you have to start somewhere, you know, and, and, and tip, you know, we all three of us have been there. It's a very humbling experience when you're being identified as a certain person, meaning an athlete or a baseball player specifically. And then all of a sudden you're not. Yeah. Yeah. It's a very, very humbling. And then people don't give you money. It's even more depressing. Yeah, we've we've talked about that with a bunch of with a bunch of you know mostly all baseball, football, like different athletes that we have on. We talk about that. It's like the the I've said this a few times on here. It's like what you do doesn't define you, but it did for a long time. (laughs) It did. Like when you're an athlete, that 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 did right. And now it's like you know you try to make your job not define who you are. Um, And it's 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 a hundred percent how you identify yourself because. How many of your friends were minor league baseball players other than mm-hmm. the guys you played with? Yeah, no. Guys back home. No, growing up, none, so, right? 
So they all identify you as, oh, you mean Steve the baseball player. Oh, Steve the baseball player. Well, all of a sudden, Steve's not the baseball player, and he's not this rich guy because, you know, I've been Mm -hmm. struggling through the minor leagues for the last couple of years, so it's not like I'm rich and I can just do whatever I want. Mm -hmm. I had to just get thrown into into the real world with no real-world experience. It was actually really hard on me personally, Mm -hmm. and I went through a little bit of depression, and – before I bounced back. I remember uh, being in my house one day. I had a house. It was paid for. You know, I had some money saved up. I had a couple of smart investments, you know, so I wasn't like I was like struggling for food, but I didn't have any income and eventually all that was going to run out. And I remember one day my mom showing up to my house and was like, you got to get out of here. You got to go do something. And I was like, shit. Yeah. Say that. You can say it. You can say it. Yep. (laughs) I was like, shit. I got to go do something. And at the time I wasn't about to go get a regular job because I was embarrassed. First of all, that I had to get a job Mm -hmm. and I was no longer a baseball player. My brother at the time owned a commercial cleaning business where he did nightly cleaning for a couple of different businesses. So I went and cleaned toilets Mm -hmm. at 11 PM to 4 AM. So no one could see me and I could start establishing myself with an income that could establish credit because you can go do lessons, which a lot of us do, right? Tip? Yep. Yep. A lot of us do lessons. And I have guys come at me all the time. Oh man, Steve, you know, I made a hundred thousand last year doing lessons. I was like, well, what does your tax return show? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, you I can support that. Yeah. Come you on, can bro, stack cash. cash. Like that happened with me right off the bat too. And I'm sure with you, you can stack cash for a little while doing it, but it's not, I also felt that that wasn't sustainable. I was like, you know, I can't, I don't want to do good nah. lessons from two in the afternoon until 10 every night. It's just what's that I mean, life? You could live. You could live. You just came life. off a weekend with your kids, and you've been in the office more than oh, you I'm have in a, a couple yeah, weeks. I'm ready to go <laughs> in the office early. <laughs> yep. You can. You can. You can create. You can make establish yourself, and 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 that could be a decent career, but it's not going to be. You can't retire doing lessons. Right. You you can't build a four hundred one k. You can't build a retirement fund. It's all it's yep. all in the moment, and and if you have long term goals like a family and kids. I'll give you another example. I'm dealing. I'm dealing with uh, trying to qualify a guy for a loan from the from the group um, who just does lessons, no reportable income. It's just his wife, mm-hmm. and she has a great job. This lady is mm-hmm. doing pretty good, but with the amount of money he makes from lessons and the amount of debt that they've accumulated, they're trying to do a refinance, and I can't qualify him for the loan because he has no reportable income. Mm-hmm. All right. So, uh, so you're it's, saying it's a, it's a, so since since the real estate collapse and what happened to them back then, it, it's still hard to get people loans nowadays. I believe it is hard. I mean, I think shoot, you make a hundred, two hundred thousand dollars a year, your W two, excellent credit. It's still hard. Okay, <laughs> which is it's a lot. Yeah. It's a lot easier. It's a lot easier, but um, you know, loans are hard. It's it's hard. It requires. Um, you know, uh, an effort from the borrower, you know, and the loans that go easy are usually because the customer or a client is understanding that, you know, this is an intense process yeah. and they immerse themselves and, and do what they have to do to get the house. Some yeah. people 
aren't as organized um, and, and it just makes things a little more difficult. They don't know how to track stuff down. I mean, I've, I've dealt with older, older people, you know, who aren't tech savvy where I've had to walk them through how to take a picture of their driver's license and <laughs> yeah. send it to me because mm-hmm. that is a requirement. Yeah. You know, um, I, I'm not it, telling it, you, just, I, I think they did. They, they the last couple times that uh, I've applied for th- loans or whatever, they did everything but ask for my firstborn. I mean, it, it, yeah. exactly. it is an sure. in-depth yeah. process with like... It's very in-depth. It's very intense. It's a pain and, in the ass. Know, yeah. And at the end of the day, you know, one of the reasons I think I've had the success that I've, I've had is because I'm honest with people up front. This is going to be hard. I'm going to do my best to make it not so hard and take most of the effort will come from us. As long as you're willing to work with us, you know, and just kind of trust that I'm doing the right thing for you and your family it will be easier. Yeah. Yep. Some people that I'll try and figure things. something out. V- very yeah, real. It's not like, it, it's not like, like, well, you know, when we request certain documents, it's not like I'm saying like Steve Kent needs it. Yeah. This is the yeah, rules. Exactly. Yeah. Steve yeah. Kent's yeah. just following the rules. <laughs> if it was up to me, you get 1%, you'd be qualified. You'd have a million dollar house with no payment. Yeah. That no happened in 2005, 2008. <laughs> That's what exactly, happened. Exactly. The loan process that I yeah. went through with when I was in the big leagues, I basically walked in there with a duffel bag of cash and bought a house. Yeah. yeah. All they asked me for was. So do like, that. Or here's my, the, here's the other advice while you're on that long-term contract, buy a house then and don't, then don't, stu- don't that, ever leave. Yeah, that's <laughs> the way to do it for sure. This has been very real talk from the past. Our prime boys. We just, there were some lessons to be had hey, there. Let's hope. So, uh, hey, we appreciate you having on, having you, you know, come on. It's been awesome. Uh, and I'm glad that we went down a business path because it's fun telling the stories and stuff, but it's also nice to know that guys are successful after. And you've definitely been doing that and utilizing a network, which I think was the smartest move ever, is really getting the trust of like that fraternity of baseball players, and mm-hmm. you're killing that. Um, how do we find you? How does everybody find you? BigLeagueLender.com, BigLeagueLender on Instagram, BigLeagueLender on Twitter. Yep. Um, pretty then, easy to find. You know, I'm on Facebook. I'm on uh, uh all social media platforms. I, I really believe in uh, social media. There's a lot of power to it if you if used the right way. Yep. But um, I know a lot of I know a lot of uh, uh, players, current current players, former players. Listen to your show. Mm-hmm. I appreciate that work you guys do. Um, I, I want to leave with some advice to those guys, and I, and mm-hmm. I preach this every day. You're you're in the prime position if you're currently playing a sport, any sport. It, it doesn't have to be professional. It could be college. You're in a room uh, daily with 25, 50 guys, 55 on an NFL roster, right? Mm-hmm. 25 on an MLB roster, not including staff, uh, coaching staff, training staff, clubhouse staff. There's a lot of people around you. Your network post-playing is yeah. how you're going to make money. Nobody and, ever realizes that. I'm glad you no. brought that up because I remember playing. There's so many people that, you know, you connect with your with the guys a lot of times, mm-hmm. but it's just as important to know the clubby and to know the people that are working in the, in the sport as opposed to the guys that are playing in it. Like both. Yeah. I wish I knew some of the, some of the old scouts, some of the, some of the people. So like when I'm traveling for work, yeah, you, I'm like, you, Hey, you what's sh- going on? You show right? up at a white Sox game. You don't have to buy tickets. Exactly. I had to buy tickets at a white Sox <laughs> game. Never the buy other a day, right? I'll never buy a ticket anywhere. I'll never <laughs> buy a ticket. I'll never have to. Um, because it's the relationships that you build and, and, and you know, you treat everybody with respect. Mm-hmm. It will come back to you. Yep. If you're 
a cancer in the clubhouse. You can just kiss an opportunity working with players post your career. Goodbye. Absolutely. You got to be a good dude and honest. Yep. And you know, and last piece of advice, if you, you know, for uh, current players and I tell people this all the time, you know, we're not all Derek Jeter. We're not going to just ride off into the sunset with millions and millions of dollars in our, in our, in our back pocket, pick up a trade, you know, mm-hmm. use mortgages, for example. And I'm not saying everybody has to be a loan officer, although it is a great, <laughs> great industry, you know, for athletes because they're how we're wired, but pick up a trade. Uh, you could get your mortgage license while on the bus. Yeah. Yeah. We, you know, all these people have access to the internet everywhere. They're in the clubhouse. We have so much downtime. Tip, how much downtime do we have Tons. as players? Tons. Uh, unreal yeah. amount. Hey, yeah. you, you, I, I agree 100% with what you said on the networks or whatever. The one thing that I wish I did when I was playing during those 11 years, especially the off season, was using the name at that time and interning somewhere. Hey, Mr. Kraft, um, you know anybody that wants to have me show up for a couple mm. months or something like that? I got some time on my hands. I think that would have been a good, yeah. uh, you know, a good thing to you know go into retirement after you know. I think just being able to have a conversation with Mr. Kraft is cool enough, right there. Yeah, well, yeah. it didn't happen very often, but. I think I could have gotten in there right, one year. You're right. You, you're right. You're, you're not. You know, people, you're not people thinking. You're hard. not thinking long term at that point. You you're don't. just trying we, we to stay in the game. We don't think that. You know, we don't I'm think smarter that, uh, now. Long term. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'm just smarter now. I wish I was yeah, smarter you, back then. Yeah. yeah we don't yeah. think that long term thing while you're in it because you're like, nah, I'm going to be there. I'm I'm burning the we boats. Got, this we got is all I'm doing now. Yeah. Yeah. I do. No kidding. But you're. But exactly. Like you know, you have you have time. You know, to pick up a trade. You know, learn a language, uh, do something that betters yourself intellectually. That's going to help you post career mm-hmm. because your post career is going to last five times longer mm-hmm. than your career. Yep. And if you don't set yourself up uh, learning something or picking up some kind of trade insurance, I think is a great avenue as well, because you can get your license on the bus, sign up mm-hmm. for an online course take some classes while you're on the bus and sell insurance to all your teammates. Every one of the, mm-hmm. when you guys leave the studio, wherever you go and you walk around, just look at people. Every single one of those people have insurance and getting it from somewhere. Why can't it be you? Mm-hmm. Same with loans. I look at these houses in this neighborhood. They all have loans. I mean, there's a few cash buyers here and there, but the majority of them are financing their home. Why can't it be with me? I feel like it can be. So that's why I'm a little more aggressive on the sales side than, than some people. But, uh, like I said, at the end of the day, uh, guys that are listening that are currently playing, maybe they're transitioning out of playing, learn a trade, be a good dude. Yeah. That's good advice. Yeah. Be a good dude is the other one. That's for sure. Uh, last question, favorite color Gatorade before we let you off the hook. Oh, he's got one. It's empty, but it's great. Oh, it's zero too. We are we are getting old, sugar yeah. free. Type next thing. next time we bring you on, I'm sure that the bobblehead collection will be doubled up there, and we'll uh, we appreciate yeah. it again. So the big league lender, Steve Kent, uh, the, on the Past Our Prime show. Appreciate you coming on, man. I know we were trying to schedule it for almost for like two months because we kept yeah. on bring, bringing different guys. So I'm glad we were able to catch up with you and uh, teach us a lesson or two. Well, I'm, I'm looking forward All to right, look, uh, watching it. You guys do a great job. Keep it up. And, you got uh, it. If there's anything I can do to help with that refinance, let yeah. me know. There and you the go, bats. Steve. I'm going to always, always sell Always it. ABC. <laughs> ABC, Steve. Always, always be close. Always be safe. <laughs> exactly. All right, man. We'll All catch right, you guys. later. See you. Later, Thanks. buddy. Appreciate it. Later. All right. See you.
Past Our Prime is brought to you by Squad Locker. Squad Locker is your one-stop shop for custom team apparel, delivered right to your front door. Learn more by visiting squadlocker.com.